And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Uh, hopefully you guys had a great weekend. Uh, man, I'm pretty exhausted today, actually. We had an early uh, Halloween party at the house last night. I was up super late, and uh, man, my house is a mess. Our friends really uh, trashed the place. Still love them, but damn, guys. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, a little tired. So if I'm a little low-energy jeb today, that's why, but... Uh, I will, I will power through, as always. Um, yeah, a lot to get to today, um, as always, a lot to get to. Um, but before we get to the news of the week, uh, I want to say hi to our sponsors over at 1776 United. 1776 United is the best. These guys are the absolute best conservative apparel company. Uh, they really are the best that, that, that the right has to offer <laughs> in terms of uh, uh, patriotic clothing. Um, you can check them out at 1776united.com. Um, they have anything that you want, any kind of shirt, tank, hoodies. They have hats. They have all kinds of stuff for men and women. Um, all their designs are super creative, and all of their stuff is super high quality too, like very soft stuff. I'm wearing their hoodie as we speak, uh, keeping me warm here in a frigidly cold Toledo, Ohio. Um, yeah, anyway, check these guys out at 1776united.com. You're really going to like it. Um, use the promo code GIMMICKS. Once again, that is the promo code gimmicks for 15% off of your order. Once again, 1776united.com. I also want to say hi to our sponsors over at Premier Vapor. If you smoke and you want to quit, or if you vape already, you need to check out Premier Vapor. They have the largest selection of premium e-liquid anywhere in the country. All their stuff is delicious. They have any kind of mod, uh, any kind of battery, any kind of tank, anything you need for your vape setup, atomizers, anything. They have all the best products. Um... All their stuff is uh, made safely uh, at a state-of-the-art lab out in California. Um, it is really top-notch stuff. And like I said, it is premium e-liquid, which if you vape, you know there's a, a big difference between regular crappy e-liquid and premium. All their stuff is premium. Um, and they have really good prices, too. If you're in uh, Ohio, they have physical locations in Perrysburg and Holland, Ohio. Um, and e- both of their physical stores have a, a great sale going on right now on e-liquid. Really good prices. If you're not in the area, check them out at PremierVaporAndLounge.com. That is PremierVaporAndLounge.com, and they will give you free shipping on all orders over 35 bucks. And uh, if you don't already, guys, please follow us on Twitter at NoGimmicksPod. Um, please subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud. If you're on iTunes, please give us a five-star rating and a good review. We'd really appreciate that. And if you like what you're hearing and you want to get involved, uh, we do have a Patreon. Um, so check us out at patreon.com slash the no gimmicks podcast or just check us out on the Patreon app. Um, there's cool incentives if you want to contribute monthly over there. We'd really appreciate it. And if you uh, support us over on Patreon, uh, we started doing uh, listener mail segments uh, once a week. And you will make sure to get your questions answered on the podcast if you uh, hit us up over on Patreon. Um, so, yeah. Uh, without further ado, let's just jump right into uh, uh, the news over the weekend. Uh, We've been talking a lot about the violence on the left, and we just have to we have to talk some more about it because, you know, I I made the prediction a couple weeks ago that that Republicans are going to start getting killed. And 
I, unfortunately, I believe that prediction is coming closer and closer to becoming a reality, unfortunately. This is over uh, from uh, National Review. Two Republican candidates for state office in Minnesota have been physically assaulted in recent days, leading prominent Republican lawmakers to caution their Democratic colleagues against employing inflammatory rhetoric. Republican State Representative Sarah Anderson was punched in the arm last week. Uh, That's classy. Uh, After confronting a man who was destroying yard signs promoting Republican candidates. She says, quote, It was just insane. He was charging at me, saying, Why don't you go kill yourself? (laughs) To have someone physically coming after you and attacking you is just disheartening. Uh, Sean uh, Meekeland, a first-time Republican candidate for the state legislature, also in Minnesota, suffered a concussion over the weekend while he was sucker-punched while meeting with constituents at a local restaurant. He said, quote, I was so overtaken by surprise and shock that if this is the new norm, this is not what I signed up for, said Meckeland, who has suffered from memory loss and sensitivity to light since the incident. Um, yeah, I mean, concussions are a serious injury. I don't know if any of you guys have had one. You know, sometimes it can take a, a little while to come back from that. Um, and, yeah, you can have light sensitivity. You can you can have short-term memory loss, you know, lots of different symptoms like that. Um, this got absolutely no press coverage. I mean, I had never even heard of this until I saw the, the National Review article highlighting it. Um, Mitch McConnell, over the weekend, I believe it was Saturday, the Senate Majority Leader, and his wife, who's also the Secretary of Labor, Elaine Chow, uh, were harassed again at a restaurant outside of Washington, D.C. Um, people screaming and yelling at them and, and, and just making a scene. Uh, actually, I believe they were forced out of the restaurant and somebody actually stole their leftovers, which is, I'd be very upset about the leftovers. I'm a huge leftovers guy, uh, mostly because, you know, it, it gets me out of cooking like the next meal, which is always just a plus. I'm a pretty busy dude. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, so another Republican and his family chased out of a restaurant. Uh, Also, I believe this was Friday, uh, if I'm not mistaken, a package containing the poison ricin was sent uh, to Senator Susan Collins' house in Maine, uh, where her and her husband were at the time. Uh, I mean, that's attempted murder, by the way. You're trying to kill a a sitting senator with poison. So that's, uh, wow, it's attempted murder. Um, Also over the weekend, a 72-year-old New York man, a Democrat, um, was arrested for threatening to kill both Majority Leader Mitch McConnell and Senator Susan Collins because they voted for Brett Kavanaugh. That that was the reason uh, he gave. They said they voted for Kavanaugh, so he he wanted to kill them. So where are the Democrats? Where is the Democratic leadership on all this? They refuse to condemn or do anything about this violence because they know it's their only chance to win elections, right? Like, it, all right, I'm, I'm jumping ahead of myself a little bit. Why... Are the Democrats not condemning this violence? I mean, a few have, but, you know, every elected Democrat should be screaming from a soapbox somewhere saying, stop committing acts of violence. Why aren't they doing that? Because the left thinks these violent mobs, these people that are that are attacking people, chasing people out of restaurants, beating people, beating women, you know, they think that these mobs are the Tea Party, right? They've been looking for their version of the Tea Party. For a long time now, they thought Occupy Wall Street would be the left's version of the Tea Party. Obviously, that fizzled out quickly. Um, the The Democrats believe that this mob, this this mob across the country, you know, the 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 people banging on the doors of the Supreme Court and the people assaulting people on college campuses and 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 beating, you know, Republican candidates. They they they're trying to turn this into something it's not. Right? They they believe that. 
their only chance to win is to fire up their base, right? And when they see these mobs, they they just think, oh, it's our base. They're just angry. They're fired up. They're going to vote. This is nothing. This is nothing like the Tea Party. Like the the Democrats are so wrong. The Tea Party was not violent. They weren't beating people. They weren't mailing poison to Democrats. They weren't <laughs> they weren't attacking candidates. They, I mean, they weren't using inflammatory rhetoric. The Tea Party was pissed off because Barack Obama had had pushed through, just rammed through Obamacare, which was of course unconstitutional and very destructive to the economy. And they were fired up and said, we don't like the Democratic Party's ripping up the Constitution. We're going to band together. You know, we're going to march. We're going to protest and we're going to vote. And it was completely nonviolent. It was completely peaceful. And they won a lot of elections. I mean, they swept to control in in both houses of Congress and and most governorships, I think 33 at at their peak. A mob (laughs) that, that beats people, attacks people, tries to kill Republicans is not the Tea Party. Okay, just because somebody's fired up doesn't mean it's a good thing, right? But that's all the Democrats care about is voter turnout because they learned their lesson in 2016. People were not passionate about Hillary Clinton in 2016. A lot of Democrats stayed home because they weren't fired up. They, they, I mean, <laughs> Hillary Clinton is not a very inspiring candidate, right? So a lot of them stayed home. So the Democrats love these mobs. They, they're fine with the violence. They're fine with the attacks because it means that their base is fired up. To them, all you know, the, the ends justify the means in in every case. They, I mean, the the ends are all they care about. They don't care about the means. Why would they? I mean, they don't. I mean, they don't. You know, if you believe in God, then then you believe that the means are everything, right? The means are the only thing that that matters because God controls the ends, right? But if you you know, the Democratic Party is obviously the party that booed God at the the 2012 uh, Democratic National Convention. So I don't think they really care too much about what God has to say about the matter. Um, they they don't care about the means; they only care about the ends. So however they get there is justifiable in their eyes. Uh, so they're fine. I, I I Republicans are going to die. Republicans are going to die. Like. There's going to be a Republican senator or congressman or governor or, or something, cabinet member, who's going to be murdered. And, of course, Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi would come, oh, well, we didn't mean kill them. I mean, obviously, murder is not okay. But they're going to have blood on their hands because all they care about is turning their base into a mob, and then the mob inherently turns violent. The Republicans didn't need to do this. They didn't need this kind of rhetoric. They didn't need violence for the Tea Party to literally turn into a red wave that that swept across the country. There were no there wasn't any violence necessary, right? I mean, all they all they talked about were the Constitution. Let's get back to constitutional government governance, and then Republicans bought into it, and they came out, and they donated money, and they knocked doors, and they did phone banking, and they voted, and they got Republicans elected. For some reason, the left thinks that their only path to electoral victory is mob tactics, mob violence. If they didn't, if they didn't think it was beneficial to their party, they would be condemning this. They would be condemning the violence. They would be saying, don't attack Republican politicians. Don't chase Republicans out of restaurants. But they don't. They don't disavow this behavior because they think it's going to help them win elections. That's it. They don't care about the means. They only care about the ends. And it's going to get worse. It's going to get a lot worse before it gets better. I still believe Republican politicians are going to be killed. And what are the Democrats going to do then? Are they still going to refuse to disavow Antifa? 
once Antifa literally has a body count on their hands? I don't know. What is it going to take for them to ramp down this rhetoric? I don't know. And also, this tactic of, of kind of relying on the mob and, and just viewing the mob as your, your base. Just, oh, it's just our base. They're fired up. That's backfiring as well, I believe. Because the despicable behavior of the Democrats is firing up the Republican base as well. The enthusiasm gap... Uh, Republicans were underwater by something like 15 points in the, you know, how enthusiastic are you about, uh, you know, the issues going into the midterm elections. That's at a dead heat right now. The Republicans were not that fired up before they saw the despicable behavior of the Democrats, the way the Democrats handled Brett Kavanaugh, the way they are are hailing the mob as, as some kind of, you know, these people are doing something heroic or something by acting like a crazed mob. This is firing up Republicans as well. There's a rally planned for tonight uh, with President Trump and Senator Ted Cruz. Uh, they're expecting over 80,000 people, somewhere between 80 and 100,000 people are going to show up in Texas to watch the president and Senator Cruz speak tonight. 80,000. That's nuts. I know it's Texas, and Texas is fucking awesome. I get that. But, wow, I mean, the, the crowds that Trump is drawing on every, you know, for every campaign speech— it's incredible. I mean, you're routinely seeing, you know, 10, 20,000 people a night show up. Republicans are fired up, too. So I don't know. I I hope I, I sincerely hope that the, the Democrats embrace of the mob does backfire on them because they deserve it. They deserve to for this to come back and bite them in the ass because it's completely wrong. Their view that this mob is is somehow akin to the Tea Party, is completely misguided and irresponsible, and I really hope it backfires on them. You know, don't forget to vote. Please, November 6th, go vote. Actually, go vote early. You know, you don't want to wait in line. I always vote early. It's the best. Um, So back to the, the tactics of the left. We, on the right, us conservatives, obviously do have the moral high ground here. We're not the ones out committing violence. We're not kicking women in the face, mailing poison to sitting senators, chasing people out of restaurants. We have the moral high ground. But some people on the right are, are taking the moral high ground argument way too far. And let me, I know that sounds weird, um, but let me explain what I mean by that. Um, over at National Review, uh, Rich R- Lowry, Rich Lowry, sorry about that, um, wrote a piece. And, and I've said this a million times. Anytime I, I always have to give a disclaimer anytime I criticize somebody on the right for some reason. I love National Review. I, I read it daily. Uh, Rich Lowry is a really good writer. I respect him a lot. Uh, he's spot on on most things. But he wrote a piece over the weekend uh, saying that conservatives should disavow Gavin McInnes and the Proud Boys. And I don't need to go back and get into uh, who Gavin is and who the Proud Boys are. I, we've talked about them uh, a, a million times on the show. Um, but he, he made it a, a a passionate plea for conservatives to disavow Gavin and and the Proud Boys in general. And I could not disagree with Rich more vehemently. I mean they this is I think that's absolutely wrong and ridiculous. He's basically and he basically goes on and I'm not going to read it here. I encourage everybody to go check it out. He's he basically paints a picture that Gavin McInnes and the Proud Boys are these like crazy violent people i mean like they're causing violence or something like that and they're like preaching right-wing violence and that's just not true okay have they have they been involved in some street fights yes but all the proud boys do is they show up to these rallies they show up to these marches and stuff where 
Antifa is going to be and, and these leftist mobs are going to be, and they just show up and hold their own marches and just show them, hey, no, you can't get away with whatever you want. You know, like, we're here, too. Like, we, we can speak, too. Uh, you know, our speech is also covered uh, by the First Amendment. And then Antifa will attack them. They'll physically assault the Proud Boys, and then the Proud Boys will beat the hell out of Antifa. But it's always in self-defense, right? Which I have no... Pr- like, look, I believe in the non-aggression principle. You should never bring force upon someone who has not first brought force upon you. I mean, that's just that's the way I live my life, and I, that's how everyone should live their lives. I don't... It, it, correct me if I'm wrong. Send me some articles. But I do not think a member of the Proud Boys has ever committed assault. I don't think they have ever attacked uh, a leftist or thrown the first punch. They're just there. They just go there and stand in the way and say, no... Uh, we're not letting <laughs> our culture descend into complete insanity. You know, we there are some sane people here too. So they just go, they show up, they get in the way, Antifa attacks them, and then obviously the Proud Boys are all grown men with jobs. You know, they're like former high school football players and former high school wrestlers and stuff. They know they know their way around a fist fight. So obviously, if you get a you know, a leftist 90-pound wuss with a vagina hat throwing a punch at a Proud Boy, the Proud Boy's probably going to get a nice clean knockout on the, on the kid from Antifa, and that's usually what happens. So, you know, the, the Antifa guys, they attack, the Proud Boys fight back, the Proud Boys win the fight because they're actual men, and then the media obviously tries to paint them as the aggressors, which is not true. They try to, you know, cl- claim that they're they're advocating for violence, which is not true at all. They're just They're only acting in self-defense. And it's just very disappointing to see National Review kind of buy into that leftist media narrative. I think it's wrong. I think it's irresponsible. I I do not think they should have published that piece. I think it's ridiculous. And no, we conservatives should not disavow our own for absolutely no reason. I mean, look, like if if Gavin McInnes does a speech and says, yeah, let's just go out there and fuck people up. Let's go out there and just start punching Antifa guys. You know what I mean? Yeah, I would disavow that. I'd say, okay, uh, no, this is a toxic organization. This is ridiculous. We should disavow it. But he's not doing that. They're not out there committing acts of violence. I mean, if there's any force, you know, being displayed by the Proud Boys, it's in self-defense. And why the hell would I ever disavow self-defense? That that makes absolutely no sense. I think we should absolutely support Gavin and, and all those guys. Not really my thing, you know. Yeah, getting around with a bunch of dudes and, and going to, to protests and basically waiting to get attacked. You know, like, it's not my cup of tea, but I, I don't think that Gavin and the Proud Boys have done anything wrong. And I think it's very disappointing that NR would uh, kind of buy into the, you know, the New York Times narrative. Um, yeah, it's, it's very disappointing, so... Uh, I th- you know, that's... All right, we've been talking about violence this whole time, so I think that's all... That's all uh, that's all I got for today. I'll do a longer episode on Wednesday. Oh, your friendly update about the uh, the No Gimmicks podcast, Fantasy Football League, which your boy, your humble host, is still absolutely dominating. I'm 7-0, and oh, and I beat the living heck out of the failing New York Times um, this, uh, this week, which makes the victory even sweeter, of course. And everybody in the league has just turned on me, by the way. Like they all, they're all just wishing for my demise because they just can't beat me. You know, they hate us because they, because they ain't us, as they say. Um, all right, I'll let you guys go. Short episode today, but uh, uh, I'll do a longer one on Wednesday. I'm Brady Leonard. I will see you on Wednesday. No gimmicks. Uh-huh.